All right, turning your Bibles to Ecclesiastes 2. We're going to be looking at verses 18 through 26. It can be found on page 554 in the Pew Bible in front of you. Ecclesiastes 2, 18 through 26, 554 in the Pew Bible. Ecclesiastes 2, 18. I hated all my toil in which I toil under the sun, seeing that I must leave it to the man who will come after me. And who knows whether he will be wise or a fool? Yet he will be master of all for which I toiled and used my wisdom under the sun. This also is vanity. So I turned about and gave my heart up to despair over all the toil of my labors under the sun, because sometimes a person who has toiled with wisdom and knowledge and skill must leave everything to be enjoyed by someone who did not toil for it. This also is vanity and a great evil. What has a man from all the toil and striving of heart with which he toils beneath the sun? For all his days are full of sorrow and his work is a vexation. Even in the night his heart does not rest. This also is vanity. There is nothing better for a person than that he should eat and drink and find enjoyment in his toil. This also I saw is from the hand of God, for apart from him who can eat or who can have enjoyment? For to the one who pleases him, God has given wisdom and knowledge and joy, but to the sinner he has given the business of gathering and collecting, only to give to one who pleases God. This also is vanity and a striving after wind. Let's pray. Our Father in heaven, as we consider work under the sun this morning, as we consider this passage from Ecclesiastes, we ask that you would give us wisdom and insight into it. We ask that you would enable us to rightly apply it to our lives so that we might live for you. In Jesus' name, amen. Rise at 4 a.m., work from 4.30 in the morning till 9 p.m., rest, repeat. Rise at 4 a.m., work from 4.30 a.m. to 9 p.m., rest, repeat. This is the pattern that I grew up watching, at least from my own memory of my dad's schedule. This was, this was his schedule. Now, Sunday was a little different. It was maybe 8 a.m. work till noon when we got home from church. Rest, repeat. Though I would, I would say, even with that schedule, I, I don't recall him not attending one of my games. So, so I, I can't quite grasp how that all worked. But what I do recall is that he worked a lot. He worked long days before sunrise and after sunset. And he worked several different jobs. And he did this from his perspective. He worked so hard because he wanted to give my brother and me a better life. And there was also a sense in which he sought to find meaning and value and significance in what he did. And perhaps... You know someone like this. 
Perhaps this is you this morning. Perhaps you are seeking to find meaning and satisfaction and significance from your work, from what you do. So we're going we're gonna to consider this morning our work under the sun and our vanity of the vanity of work under the sun. In our text this morning, Solomon provides several reasons that show the vanity of our work under the sun. You could hear it as I read, this also is vanity, this is vanity, this is vanity. And then he's going to give some observations regarding our work. So here's, here's my big idea. Here's my big idea. Do not look to your work, to what you do under the sun. Do not look to your work for ultimate meaning and satisfaction. But enjoy what you do as a gift from God. Right? There's, there's a balance here. So do not look to your work for ultimate meaning, for satisfaction, but enjoy what you do as a gift from God. There's a balance here, and we'll we'll unpack this as we go. So first, you see this in your outline. Do not look to your work for ultimate meaning and satisfaction because our possessions will be left to someone else who might be unwise and who didn't work for it. Look with me at verses 18 through 21. I hated all my toil in which I toil under the sun, seeing that I must leave it to the man who will come after me. And who knows whether he will be wise or a fool? Yet he will be master of all for which I toiled and used my wisdom under the sun. This also is vanity. Verse 20. So I turned about and gave my heart up to despair over all the toil of my labors under the sun. Because sometimes... A person who has toiled with wisdom and knowledge and skill must leave everything to be enjoyed by someone who did not toil for it. This also is vanity and a great evil. So in, in light of the, the, the certainty of death that would come to Solomon and to all of us, which we, we saw last week in, in 12 through 17, in light of the reality of death comes this word from Solomon regarding the uncertainty of our possessions and of our labor or from what we have accumulated from our work. So in light of the certainty of death comes uncertainty of our possessions. As Solomon reflects upon life under the sun in order to find meaning and satisfaction, he now considers, he now investigates work. He investigates work and what could be gained from his toil and his labor. And here's what he says. I hated all my toil in which I toil under the sun. Why? Seeing that I must leave it to the man who will come after me. Work did not satisfy Solomon because he realized that what he had gained from his labor would be left to someone who comes after him. As Solomon considers the future, and what happens to his riches and his wealth and his possessions and fame and reputation, it caused him to hate what he currently did. It caused him to hate what he does. It caused him to hate his work. Solomon can't take it with him. What he labored for is going to be left to someone else who comes after him. Death prevents him from continuing in his work and in his labor. And it prevents him from keeping it as well. 
his inheritance will be left to someone else. And he says here in verse 19, who knows whether he will be wise or a fool? Someone else is going to inherit what Solomon worked so hard for. And the pers- person might waste it all by foolish living. So he hates his labor because he is consumed by what will happen after he is gone. So he concludes, this is vanity. It is futile. And therefore, work under the sun does not bring ultimate meaning or satisfaction. When we are overly concerned about what happens to our work after we are gone, we reveal a heart that is seeking for meaning and satisfaction in it. Think think about this for a moment. Think about this. This is something I've struggled with in the past in, in ministry. If my focus now, if I become consumed with what happens here at Pleasant Ridge after I die, or maybe even while I'm on vacation, if I am consumed by that, and if that's what drives me, and it, and it leaves me discouraged because it's not where I want to be, it's not big enough, right? We're not big enough, or, or, or who's going to take over after I'm gone? Or what will happen to Pleasant Ridge? If, if that's what drives me, then I am revealing a heart that is seeking to find meaning, ultimate meaning and satisfaction in my job and in my ministry. And I'll eventually say later, I would eventually say later, and it causes me, it would cause me to lose sleep at night. You can't rest. We can fall into this trap as Christians. Being overly obsessed and preoccupied with what happens to our things after we are gone will only leave us empty and in despair. Think about the vanity of what Solomon worked so hard for. Solomon had built the temple in Israel, the place where God's presence would dwell with his people. Blessings were coming to the nation, to the the other nations, right? The blessing to the Gentiles is, is is coming to pass through Solomon. But because of his own foolish behavior, the kingdom of Israel would be split into two kingdoms after his death. Solomon's sons would display even more foolish behavior as they would lead the people into sin and rebellion against God. And what happened as a result? The temple that Solomon built destroyed. What he labored for destroyed by those who came after him. And the people would be sent into exile because of their sin. I read an article recently which said that 70% of wealthy families lose their wealth by the second generation. 
and a stunning 90% by the third. Work under the sun does not truly satisfy because of the uncertainty of what happens to our possessions and wealth after we are gone. Therefore, the Apostle Paul would tell Timothy, it's a good reminder for us as we even seek to apply this, that we must not therefore set our hope on the uncertainty of riches, but on God who richly provides us with everything to enjoy. Set your hope on God. Set your hope on Jesus Christ. Labor for him and not for what you might accumulate in the present. Our work will be left to someone who comes after us, and we don't know what will happen to it. Now, I want to say this still. It's good and wise to think about the future, right? There's a balance here. It's good and wise to think about the future. It's good and wise to invest and to consider what we will do with what we have gained. Right? That, that's wise. There's wisdom there. But the difference is we shouldn't be consumed by it. Right? Or be anxious about what will happen to it. That's not where our focus is at. We are not to be anxious about the things that we have. Just as Jesus would say in the Sermon on the Mount, do not be anxious about what you'll eat or what you'll drink or what you'll wear. Right? Seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you as well. That's the point. And Solomon also points out here in verse 20 and 21 that our work under the sun will be enjoyed by someone who did not labor for it. Solomon observes the vanity of his work, and he is, he's, he's discouraged. He gives himself to despair and depression when he realizes that what he labored for is going to be left to someone else who didn't labor for it. They'll be the ones that will enjoy what he has labored so hard for. We see this all the time. Right, I can think of my own life. My father, my dad, he, uh, before he died, he purchased he purchased some land. You guys, some of you know the story. He had purchased some land before he died so that we could build a, a, an indoor baseball and softball facility. Right? And give, we can give baseball lessons, softball lessons in this large facility. He spent his time and energy and resources that he had to invest in that. Do you know what I did? I was a 22-year-old College student, a senior. You know, I got to inherit that. I didn't work for it. I didn't labor for it. And I got to enjoy it. Now, there is a distinction, right? The, the goal was that we would enjoy it together. And... It's something that he wanted to leave behind, right? We, we, see the, we see the difference. We see the difference. Perhaps better illustration might be athletes, right? Celebrities. 
right? They, they rise up, they become famous, and they make a name for themselves, and then guess what their children get? They get all their inheritance. They've never worked a day in their life. After the actress dies, the child receives this great inheritance. They get several homes, several cars. And we'd say, rich and spoiled, wouldn't we? Right? Perhaps that, that's what Solomon may have experienced better here. He became discouraged as he reflected on the thought that what he had accumulated would have to be handed over to someone who did not labor for it, to, to someone who had never worked a day in their life. It didn't seem fair. It just doesn't seem right that he worked, what he worked for has to be left to someone else to be enjoyed. And it leads him to despair. So how do we know if we are seeking to find our meaning or our ultimate satisfaction in our work and what we do? How, how do we know if this is happening to us? A few questions you can ask yourself. Is your primary focus on what happens to your work after you're gone? Is that where your focus is? What's going to happen to it after I'm gone? Are you driven by what you accumulate? By what happens to what you accumulate? Perhaps it's not just possessions, but reputation. Is your job leading you to despair and discouragement? Ask the Lord what you're seeking from it. Second, my second point is this. Do not look to your work for ultimate meaning and satisfaction because our days will be filled with sorrow and our nights will be restless. Pursuing meaning and value in our work under the sun leads to great sorrow and unrest. When we seek to find ultimate gain and satisfaction and, and when we lay, make our labor the center of our lives and seek to derive meaning and purpose from it, we will be filled with sorrow and unrest. If, if that's what we're pursuing, if that's what we're seeking after, what comes will be sorrow and unrest. Look, look now at verses 22 and 23. What has a man from all the toil and striving of heart with which he toils beneath the sun? For all his days are full of sorrow and his work is a vexation. Even in the night his heart does not rest. This also is vanity. In other words, what gain, what do I get from all my work and my labor here on this earth? That's what he's asking. In light of the truth that we must leave behind our possessions, it must be left to someone else who didn't labor for it, what gain is there for me? That's the question. Answer, Nothing. In fact, only days full of sorrow and sleepless nights. The one who makes their work the center of their lives, and I'm not talking about those who work a lot, okay? There, there's a difference. Some of us have to work long, hard hours. Now, that's, not the, that's not the point. It's the one who makes work the center of their lives, 
the one who is preoccupied with their work, consumed by it, the one who is seeking meaning and value from it. The result will be sorrow because when they think of what, because of what will happen after they're gone, the result will be sorrow when they think about who receives what they had. Their days are filled with sorrow. Yes, because they've put in long hours, no time to relax. They feel guilt because they weren't productive, right? A workaholic, just never content. Do you, do you ever feel that way? Sleepless nights. One of the things I wrestled with early on, especially early on in ministry, is just that. So, so you, you quote, right, leave your work at your workplace, at the job, well, the work goes home with me. And even at night, oh, Lord, cause your people to grow. Strengthen the saints. Lord, what do I need to do? How, what do I, is there more I need to do? Is there more that could be done, that could have been done? And so you pray, but then also you're focused on what you could do. There's never enough. There's never enough to do. And you find that you're seeking fulfillment and value in your job. And in fact, in my situation, I'm the one seeking to cause the church to grow. And we know that that is in vain. Unless the Lord builds a house, those who labor, labor in vain. It is the Lord's church. I had to learn that early on in ministry, and I'm glad I learned it early on in ministry. At night, those who seek fulfillment in their jobs, in their work, don't rest. They're thinking about their work. Their work has gone home with them, and it keeps them awake at night. And one of the things I'm thankful for here at Pleasant Ridge is vacations, right? I just came off a of vacation a few weeks ago. I'm thankful for those days. I'm thankful also for those who, who ask me, did you take a day off this week? I'm thankful for that. Because it allows my mind to be removed from my job, right? And it allows me to trust and depend upon God to grow his church. And it allows me to be recharged and, and refreshed and, and energized to come back to work. It's important in my job. It's important in your job and what you do. It's important to take breaks, right? It's necessary to take breaks, I think it's necessary what we do on, on Wednesday nights, right? It's important that we take breaks during the winter time and then during the summertime when we do our Wednesday night activities. I'm sure many of you appreciate that who put in long, hard hours in it, right? It is important and necessary in what we do. And I want to encourage you. I know this is hard, especially the season of life that we're in, especially even for farmers, right? Now is when, well, it's probably always really busy, but especially now it's going to be really, really busy. I would encourage you, as much as possible, to find little times where you can take breaks, right? In whatever job that you do, and just not think about your work. Perhaps here on Sunday morning, you're, doing, you're able to do just that. Our work is filled with sorrow because our work is, to, is toil. It is hard. It is difficult. It can be exhausting. It can be frustrating. Our work under the sun does not bring lasting meaning and 
significance and satisfaction. It is vanity. It's vanity. So what then? What then? If finding meaning and satisfaction in life by wisdom didn't work for Solomon in chapter 1, if pursuing pleasure in 2, 1 through 11 didn't work for Solomon, if striving to live wisely didn't work for Solomon, and meaning and satisfaction wasn't found in that, and now it's not found in our work, if that doesn't bring ultimate gain, what then? What then? How then should we live? If the wisest teacher apart from Jesus teaches us not to look to these things for meaning, then what should we do? This is my final point. As those who please God, enjoy what you do as a gift from God. Of all the things Solomon could say, of all the things I may have said, turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face, and the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. I might have said that. I might have pointed you to Jesus in that way. Just... Consider it dim in light of the glory of God. Of all the things that Solomon could say, here's what he concludes. Look now at 24 through 26. There is nothing better for a person than that he should eat and drink and find enjoyment in his toil. This also I saw is from the hand of God. For apart from him, who can eat or who can have enjoyment? For to the one who pleases him, God has given wisdom and knowledge and joy. But to the sinner, he has given the business of gathering and collecting, only to give to one who pleases God. This also is vanity and a striving after wind. There is nothing better. There is nothing better for a person than that he should eat and drink and find enjoyment in his toil, in his work. This is going to be a theme throughout Ecclesiastes. Listen, listen to some of these examples. Chapter 3, verse 12. I perceived that there is nothing better for them than to be joyful and to do good as long as they live. Also, that everyone should eat and drink and take pleasure in all his toil. This is God's gift to man. Chapter 3, 20, verse 22. So I saw that there is nothing better than that a man should rejoice in his work, for that is his lot. Chapter 5, verse 18. Behold, what I have seen to be good and fitting is to eat and drink and find enjoyment in all the toil with which he toils under the sun, the few days of his life that God has given him, for this is his lot. Everyone also to whom God has given wealth and possessions and power to enjoy them and to accept his lot and rejoice in his toil. This is the gift of God. Solomon is teaching us here that for those who please God, we can find enjoyment in what we do. There is nothing better than for a person to eat and drink and find enjoyment in their work. Even though we live in a sinful and fallen world, even though 
our work cannot bring ultimate fulfillment and gain and meaning in this life for those who please God, for those who trust in Jesus Christ. And I pray that would be everyone here in this room this morning, that you would trust in Jesus Christ to be your Lord and Savior. For those who please God, for those who trust in Christ, we can enjoy our work as a gift from God. It is from the hand of God for us to enjoy, find enjoyment in what we do. And apart from God, we can't find true enjoyment in our work. Solomon says in verse 26 that to the one who pleases him, God has given wisdom and knowledge and joy. But to the sinner, he has given the business of gathering and collecting only to give to one who pleases God. Now, now we see a distinction here between the one who pleases God and the, the, the sinner. And we know that we're all sinners, but, but Solomon here in this text is referring to the sinner as the unbeliever. This is the unbeliever who seeks meaning apart from God. Okay, so the one who pleases God and the one who seeks meaning and significance apart from God. The one who pleases God is the one who receives what they have as a gift from God. Do you realize that everything you have is a gift from God? He is the provider. He is the giver of life. He is the source of life. He is the redeemer of life. Everything that we have is a gift from God that we receive by faith in his son who died on the cross for us. He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also along with him graciously give us all things? To the one who pleases him, to the one who fears God and depends upon Christ, he gives wisdom and knowledge and joy. We can find enjoyment in our work. When we pursue satisfaction and fulfillment in our work apart from God, we won't find joy but despair. When we make Christ the king of our lives, we can enjoy our daily activities. So here's Solomon's con conclusion for how we are to live. Whether you're a teacher, whether you're a farmer, whether you're retired, whether you're a business owner, whether you work outside the home, whether you're a stay-at-home mom, whether you're a parent, whether you're a student, don't seek ultimate meaning in your work, but enjoy what you do as a gift from God. One day at a time. One day at a time. Find enjoyment in the basic necessities of life. Have you ever watched a child, a young child? They're not stressed about life, are they? Find enjoyment in the basic 
necessities of life. Food and drink and work. This is the way things were in the Garden of Eden before the fall. Let's reject the mindset. So here's my advice to everyone here. Let's reject the mindset that I'll be able to find enjoyment when I'm retired. I'll rest when I'm retired. Or when it's the weekend. Oh, Monday through Friday, Monday through Saturday is hard. Can't wait till the weekend. Then I'll find joy. Let's reject the mindset that tells us that we can't or shouldn't enjoy what we do. Right? So on the other side, as though enjoying it means that we are living in sin to enjoy what we do. You're enjoying what you do, Sean. You shouldn't be enjoying what you do. It's not we need to despise or reject everything that brings joy. As though we must deny ourselves of anything that brings contentment and satisfaction and joy. But as believers, as those who please God, we can receive each day as a gift. We can, we can and should enjoy what we, ha- what we have as a gift from God. God, because we know that the Lord, from the Lord, we will receive an inheritance, a greater inheritance as our reward. So as you find enjoyment in what you do, I pray that you find enjoyment in what you do. As you do so, may you remember this truth, that whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all to the glory of God. Let's pray. Our Father in heaven, our heart's desire and prayer is that we would do all things. We would work, we'd eat and drink and do all things to your glory and honor. And that we would find enjoyment in our work, in what we do in our day-to-day lives. That we would receive even our food as a gift from you. That we, are the one, that we know that you are the one who provides for our every need. So might you help those of us that are here, that are, are busy and exhausted from our labor, might you help them find enjoyment on a day-to-day basis in their work. Might you enable us to do what pleases and honors you. And we will give you thanks for that. In Jesus' name, amen.